Ladies and gentlemen, this is QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers here with your week six preview. Also going to look at some DFS plays as well. If you didn't listen to the week five recap, go back and listen to that when we talk a little bit uh, about some players coming up, some injury news leading into this week, and then a lot of things have actually changed between now and then. So let's dive into the games. First up, 49ers at the Falcons has an over under a 45. San Francisco favored by four and a half. You know, I think if you've got Jeff Wilson, it's been made pretty clear to play him every single week. Uh, it was interesting to see Tevin Coleman get involved, uh, score a couple, a couple touchdowns. You know, obviously took away from Jordan Mason, who barely played. Um, and then, you know, we're still monitoring when Tyrion Davis-Price is going to come back healthy. I think he's questionable for this week, but wouldn't anticipate him having much of a role. And then keeping our eyes down the line for Elijah Mitchell's return as well. A lot of question marks around George Kittle right now. I think if you have Debo Samuel, you're playing him. If you have Brandon Ayuk, it's probably a place to play him as your third wide receiver, maybe a flex spot. Um, and, you know, Kittle, I think, is still somebody you, you've got to keep playing um, unless you've got an Andrews, a Kelsey, or someone else that you think has a much higher ceiling. Um, I think Kittle, you know, for me personally, is in my lineup. And then uh, speaking of tight ends, it does look like Kyle Pitts is set to play, uh, was announced today. So going to keep an eye on that. How will that affect Drake London, Marcus Mariota? And then with the backfield with Cordero Patterson out, I'm, I'm still not overly interested in any of those guys. Tyler Algier, Avery Williams, Caleb Huntley, they're just going to take carries, touches away from each other. And even if one of them scores a touchdown, you know, you're still only looking at a ceiling of 11, 12, 13 points at the most. So not overly interested in those guys uh, in, you know, redraft or in DFS at this point. Next game up, Patriots at Browns over under 43. Cleveland favored at home by two and a half. You know, with the uh, Damian Harris news, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be chalk in DFS. You have to play him in redraft. Uh, you know, I, I don't anticipate him to get 90% of the touches. It's just not what the Patriots do. I think you're going to see Pierre Strong work in in the backfield um, and looks like probably Bailey Zappi again at quarterback this week, even though there is some news that Mac Jones is trending in the right direction. Uh, but I'd be surprised if he actually plays this week. And then if you have Jacoby Myers, I think, he is an alpha. He's had issues getting into the end zone. He did last week, um, had 111 yards. So Jacoby Myers is a, a plug-and-play almost every week when healthy, I think. Uh, questionable right now, so keep an eye on that. But if he does play, got to be in your lineups, uh, even in a game with an over-under 43. Going to be interesting to watch the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt split. You know, Chubb has been scoring a lot of points on efficiency, even while scoring or splitting this backfield. So for everybody that has... Nick Chubb, it's not somebody you want to trade, but you also are banking on a lot of efficiency here um, and not as much of the passing work as, say, we've seen Derrick Henry start getting, where they're really just trying to get the ball in his hands. So going to see how that split looks um, and if Chubb can just continue to be efficient against a Patriots defense that that is pretty good. And then what is the Amari Cooper versus Donovan Peoples-Jones split going to look like as well? Um, I think Amari uh, Cooper has had better games and touchdowns in, you know, three of five games and DPJ outscored him in the other two. So going to be intriguing to see, you know, what the Patriots defense forces them to do and what their focus is uh, in getting the ball out of Brissett's hands to Cooper or Donovan Peoples Jones. And then I think at this point, David Njoku is probably somebody that you have to start if he is on, in your lineup.
Jets at Packers, 45 and a half over under Green Bay, favored by seven and a half. Uh, you know, we talked about the A.J. Dillon kind of lack of touches in their last couple of games. So I want to keep an eye on that split. I think if you have Aaron Jones, you're playing him for sure. The question mark is maybe A.J. Dillon um, and because we've seen his touches trending down. But I think this is still going to be a split. Christian Watson has been ruled out. So, you know, that just helps. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, um, Romeo Dubs as well. Just depends on which one of those guys is going to score the touchdown in this game. Um, and then you got to play Brees Hall on the other side. And I, I, I'm a little concerned about the Jets wide receivers, just not knowing which one of them to play. So I think it's a, a risk either way. I think Garrett Wilson being the first round talent is the more talented guy, uh, but obviously a little bit younger. It looks like Zach Wilson is not targeting him as much as maybe Joe Flacco was, but we still haven't seen a huge game out of Elijah Moore, who we expected there to be rapport between him and Zach Wilson from last year and what we saw. So another one that, man, maybe a flex spot with a Jets wide receiver, but I wouldn't be super confident in it. But if one of those guys scores a touchdown, then you feel pretty good about it. Jaguars at Colts over under a 42 uh, Colts favored by two and a half. Jonathan Taylor is questionable currently along with Naheem Hines. So uh, if Taylor is playing and healthy, no doubt starter, I don't think I'm playing Hines, even if he does uh, play. And then if that's the case, both of those guys are out then, you know, pivoting to Deion Jackson or maybe Philip Lindsay, depending on um, who you have and what your options are. Not really interested in this game as a whole. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one went under just because we've seen the Jaguars offense on the other side with Trevor Lawrence splitting touches with ETN and James Robinson. Um, I think both of these defenses are a little bit better than people think, and I don't think either of these offenses play particularly fast. Um and it is interesting to see that Alec Pierce's target share um, has been trending up. He's been playing well, uh, while Pittman on the other side has kind of been going down. Not that I think there's any comparison in player, but just as far as targets and performance so far, past couple of games, Pierce has looked pretty good. Um, and then on the other side, we saw a down game from Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, I I'm not sure I'd feel super confident playing anybody like Zay Jones or Marvin Jones in this game. Um, just a game I'm probably trying to avoid, especially in DFS. Vikings at Dolphins over under 45 and a half. Minnesota favored by three. So Skylar Thompson is in at quarterback for the Dolphins. Uh, have seen some question marks about if Tyreek Hill will play. So definitely something to keep an eye on, especially with a third string quarterback. Does look like Teddy Bridgewater is out of concussion protocol and will be the backup. Still has a, a pec injury, it sounds like, uh, after last week and leaving early. So I do have Skylar Thompson uh, after playing Bailey Zappi in my home league last Last week at Skylar Thompson this week with Jared Goff on a bye. So, you know, he has good weapons, uh, and I think they're probably going to have to try to keep up with the Vikings. We've seen this offense look good. Dalvin Cook, um, even with the shoulder injuries, Justin Jefferson has been playing well the last couple of games. Um, Alexander Madison is questionable for this game. If he is out, I think Dalvin Cook is a, a must-start everywhere. I think it would be otherwise, but also someone you could look at in DFS. Um, and then again, expecting the same stuff from Justin Jefferson. I think Thielen has looked good as well, getting targets and yardage. Um, and then long shot for either KJ Osborne or Irv Smith. Uh, if you have either one of those guys, I think this game could get pretty close to that 45 and a half. Um, and I compare it to the Jaguars Colts of 42. And I, I just, I don't think these games are going to be that close as far as scoring goes. 
Next game up, Bengals Saints over under 43, Cincinnati favored by two and a half. So T. Higgins is questionable uh, along with Hayden Hurst. So I think if there was a spot for Jamar Chase to have one of his big games, this is it. I do believe Marshawn Lattimore for the Saints is going to be missing this game and other outside of him and a couple of other guys. It's just not a very good defense that has given up points. So I, I would fire up Chase. I think Mixon is probably a decent play as well. And if you need to look at Tyler Boyd, if Higgins and Hurst are both out, Boyd is going to be a really good play as a third wide receiver or a flex spot role. And then on the other side, you've got to play Kamara. Andy Dalton is starting, uh, not Jameis Winston. And then we'll be intriguing to see what is Taysom Hill's role. I think with Olave most likely out, Michael Thomas out, Jarvis Landry probably out as well. They're going to have to get Taysom Hill involved with Alvin Kamara. That's how the offense is going to have to run. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they're leaning more on their tight ends as well, whether it's Jawan Johnson or... Um, Adam Troutman that get a few more looks than they have and both had a decent number of targets last week, I think three and four respectively. So I think this is a game that if you want to be different, we'll talk about some of the highly targeted games in DFS, you know, going with a Burrow Chase stack. If you wanted to include Boyd or Mixon, I think that's safe. And then have a run back with, say, a Kamara. If you wanted to really get different, maybe with Taysom Hill, probably not something I'm risking this week or trying to chase the points from last week. Next up, Ravens Giants, 45 and a half over under. Baltimore favored by five and a half on the road. I think this over under is probably going to surprise people being set at 45 and a half, but I think this is another game you could potentially target outside of the top two games, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, Rashad Bateman ruled out, so you could look at somebody like a Devin Duvernay. Andrews is obviously an automatic start. And then I wouldn't rule out Isaiah Likely, who is the second tight end on the roster, kind of another move tight end similar to Mark Andrews, who has, you know, garnered a number of targets in multiple games. And with Bateman out, I think that could continue. You know, still question marks around J.K. Dobbins and this backfield in Baltimore. We saw Justice Hill and Dobbins splitting snaps. Dobbins got two touchdowns, and then last week with Hill being out, they worked back in Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis, uh, and Dobbins you know, only had single digits fantasy points. So question marks there. I think Dobbins is still on a snap count currently. We'll see when that is lifted, and they kind of let him you know, run free, uh, obviously with Lamar, some of those carries are going to be taken away, but Dobbins is one of these explosive running backs that if he gets a lane, could be a big play. Speaking of on the other side, Saquon Barkley, same thing. Uh, I think that's really the one guy I would want to start. If you need a tight end um, outside of Isaiah Likely in this game, that is a long shot. Uh, you know, I think Daniel Bellinger, again, you guys have heard me talk about him a number of times. He's a rookie, uh, but playing well and with all the injuries they have at the wide receiver core, still no Wondell Robinson this week, still no Kadarius Toney. I, I think going with Daniel Bellinger as a long shot is not a bad thing either, especially with this over under uh, set at 45 and a half and playing up against a questionable Ravens defense. Buccaneers and Steelers next. This is in Pittsburgh over under 46 Tampa Bay favored by nine and a half. I think you've got to play the Bucks wide receivers, whether it's Evans, Godwin, particularly. Um, and then we'll be interested to see the Leonard Fournette and Rashad White split. I think you can play, honestly, either one of those guys. I think Fournette, obviously, being a running back one, running back two, especially with all of the targets he's getting out of the backfield. I think he had like 11 last week, and it was like 8 to 10 the week before. Um, and Rashad 
highlight, though, is getting a number of carries along with work out of the backfield as well, catching the ball. So I think either of those guys are options. Obviously, Fournette is a running back one, running back two, Rashad White, probably a flex play if needed. And then I want to see how the Pickens versus Deontay and Claypool splits go as far as target share and then who actually is coming down with receptions. Pickens last game uh, had more receptions, or sorry, less receptions, but more yards. uh, So it was much more efficient in his time. And obviously, I think they're going to be playing from behind into this game. So they're going to have to be passing the ball. And then, you know, coaching staff is talking about getting Jalen Warren more involved behind Najee Harris, seeing those two split, uh, you know, that would start making me really nervous if I was a Najee owner. Um, Don't really have any or much of him, but if this is going to start being a committee because they're trying to keep Najee healthy, uh, again, it's probably going to be a 70-30 split, but obviously that's much different than what we saw from Najee last year getting the majority, if not all of the touches out of the backfield. So, Another interesting game to see if you want to play Pickens, uh, Deontay, or Claypool with Kenny Pickett at quarterback trying to keep up, but definitely playing Bucks players and hoping that the one or two that you play are getting the touchdowns. So one of those really highly owned games that I mentioned, Cardinals at Seahawks over under 50 and a half, Arizona favored by two and a half. A lot of reasons this one's going to be highly targeted. Uh, Both of these defenses are bad, both in Arizona and Seattle. Uh, Looks like so James Conner and Darrell Williams have been ruled out. So Eno Benjamin is going to be a very inexpensive running back in DFS, probably going to be very highly owned as well, especially in a game with an over-under of 50.5. This is... The Cardinals' last game without DeAndre Hopkins, so I think Hollywood Brown, Ertz, Rondell Moore are all good targets this week. And then on the other side, it's a really similar story. Uh, You can stack Geno Smith with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I wouldn't be afraid of even plugging in Will Disley at this point, um, who seems to be getting the majority of the target share at tight end. And then, of course, with the Rashad Penny injury with him out for the year, uh, Kenneth Walker, another running back stepping into a lot of workload due to injuries in a very high-scoring game, uh, I think is going to be pretty chalky uh, in DFS along with Ramondre Stevenson, the two in this game. And we'll get to one more here coming up in the next one. So that next game is the Panthers at the Rams over under 41 and a half. LA favored by 10. So Cam Akers has been ruled out for personal reasons. Still a lot of speculation and hearsay on what exactly is going on there. Um, but that means Daryl Henderson is that other kind of plug and play chalky running back this week. Uh, probably my least favorite of the four, Ramondre, Eno Benjamin, and Kenneth Walker, just because this game is going to be more low scoring. And I don't see the explosiveness out of Daryl Henderson that I see from those other three guys where they could break long runs. I think you have to uh, start Cooper Cup and uh, Higby in this offense, but honestly, outside of that and Henderson, I'm not sure I want to start a whole lot more. And then on the other side, I mean, nothing really I want to touch. You you have to start CMC. There are rumors around CMC and DJ Moore being traded, uh, and PJ Walker is in at quarterback. So again, uh, other than CMC, who you have to start every single game, he's going to get his. Uh, There's not much on the Carolina side that I want to be touching. Bills at Chiefs, so another one here that is going to be very highly owned, highest over under of the day, set at 54, Buffalo favored by two and a half on the road. Um, So again, really high ownership on this one. I think you're going to see a lot of Josh Allen um, in 
DFS. Uh, and the question is going to be, look, is the ball going to Gabe Davis? Is it going to Stephon Diggs? Who's going to score the touchdowns? Um, Isaiah McKenzie is still questionable. So if he plays, it wouldn't surprise me if he's splitting the slot snaps with uh, Khalil Shakir, who we had saw have a pretty good game last week. If McKenzie is out, I wouldn't mind firing up Shakir in DFS. Going to be pretty inexpensive once again because of the question mark around is McKenzie playing or not. So Something to keep an eye on there. And then I think in this Bills backfield, in games that are close, in games that, uh, you know, the Bills are not running away with, which I don't think they will in this game, we've seen Devin Singletary get the majority of the touches, both rushing and targets out of the backfield. So I think this is a Singletary week. I don't think you're going to see as much James Cook, who had a touchdown last week, or Zach Moss. I think the way to go here is Devin Singletary. If you want to pivot off of some of those other really chalky running backs, we know points are going to be scored in this game and if Singletary can get a touchdown or two and multiple receptions out of the backfield uh, could be a pretty good play on the other side you know this is going to be interesting to see how owned Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are I know they just had a four touchdown week but anytime those two guys are not highly owned which I'm I don't know if they will be just because of price um you know it, it I'm really intrigued to maybe play that and then obviously in the backfield it, is the player getting the touchdown going to be CEH or McKinnon? Don't anticipate a whole lot of Pacheco, similar to the Bills. Uh, I think this is going to be really tight between CEH and McKinnon splitting the backfield because it is going to be a close game. They're not going to give the rookie the ball as much as they would in games that they feel they they have uh, won. So, and then, you know, we know with this wide receiver core, a lot of question marks, uh, probably a lot of frustration as well. Um and news is just out here. Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor downgraded to out. Um, so we were just talking about that game a minute ago. So it looks like uh, Philip Lindsay has been elevated to the active roster. We know Deion Jackson had a pretty good game last week as well. So start looking at those two for that game. Sorry to pivot there, but that news just broke while we are recording here. All right, so then back to the Chiefs wide receiver room. You know, is it Juju? Is it MVS? We've seen Miko get less and less and Sky Moore kind of cut into his workload, which we typically typically see with some of these rookies where they start coming on later. Um, so I, I think if you're going to take a shot for a cheaper wide receiver in DFS this week, MVS might be an option. He's still getting a lot of targets, is not a guy pulling in all the receptions, again, running a lot of those deeper routes, um, also has some drops on the year. But if him and Mahomes connect in a game that is supposed to have a 54-point over-under highest of the week, then I think you can get inexpensive there and maybe pay up in other areas, including if you wanted to stack um, Mahomes with Kelsey and plug in MVS. And maybe if McKenzie is out, you can pivot to a Khalil Shakir at wide receiver and pay down for those, you know, kind of chalky but inexpensive running backs, whether it's Eno Benjamin, Daryl Henderson, uh, Kenneth Walker, or even Ramondre Stevenson, obviously going to be much cheaper than a lot of the high-end running backs where you could see the same amount of production, at least this week. The Sunday night game this week, so we are looking at Cowboys at Eagles over under 42 Philadelphia favored by six and a half at home. Um, you know, I, I think both of these defenses are really good. I could see this being a low scoring game, um, you know, and then it comes down to who's going to have 
more touches, Zeke versus Pollard. I think Zeke has been getting more touches, but Pollard just being more efficient both in the running game and in the passing game. He is a more explosive football player and doesn't need the offensive line to be amazing to still make plays, unlike I think Ezekiel Elliott. Just efficiency keeps dropping year over year. We know Gallup is playing. Cooper Rush is still going to start this week. Um, no, Dak Prescott is probably getting pretty close to playing, but not quite ready for this week. And then on the other side, I think you have to start Jalen Hurts. I think if you have Miles Sanders, you have to start him. He's been the bell cow in this backfield. And, you know, we know the problem with Sanders is that Hurts is going to take rushing touchdowns away once they get into the red zone. But in those games where he is getting touchdowns, he has been efficient this year. And you're really happy that you have him on your team, especially at cost, because there were a lot of people fading Miles Sanders this year. And then I think this game is going to be a chance for one of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, or Dallas Goddard to have a big game. I don't think two or three of them will, again, because I think this is going to be more low scoring than people anticipate because of how good these two defenses are. Broncos Chargers on Monday night over under 45 and a half Chargers favored by four and a half currently, uh, you know, looking to see if Austin Eckler can continue his hot streak of games. Um, he's had a couple of really good ones here lately, so that will be intriguing to keep an eye on. I don't know that he will. The Broncos defense has been playing well um, and their offense has been playing somewhat slowly. Uh, I know they've started to pick it up the last couple of weeks, but I don't know if he's going to have as big of a game, obviously splitting some touches with Josh Kelly as well because they want to keep Eckler healthy, especially coming up for the playoffs in the future. And then Keenan Allen looks like is also going to miss once again. So if you've got Mike Williams, you play him. I think if you've got Gerald Everett, you play him unless you've got one of those high-end guys, again, that we've kind of talked through, whether it's you know an Njoku on the low end or obviously Andrews or Kelsey on the high end. I'd probably be starting those guys. I think Goddard, I would probably start over Everett as well. But in with how good this offense is, I think he's a guy you need to play if you have him. Uh, Sutton on the other side looks like the alpha in this passing game, getting the majority of the targets. I think Judy could potentially have more big play ability just because he is a little bit, he is faster, uh, more twitchy, I guess is the way and could break long plays, but Sutton is just getting the consistency on this team. And then really intrigued to see how the Denver backfield plays out this week now that Latavius Murray is active. So they've got Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, and Mike Boone. Going to be intrigued to see how that split goes um, and who's getting the majority of the touches out of the backfield, uh, but particularly in the passing game if they do get down. Uh, is Gordon in there the most? Is it Mike Boone? I don't anticipate that being Latavius Murray's role. Uh, he's more of a grinder and between the tackles rusher, but yet to be seen. So those are all of the games for this week coming up. We will recap everything next week, including the Thursday night game, uh, but do want to get into a little bit of DFS here. So you know, I did talk about some players to target, and I think the big question this week is, are you going to look at some of the cheaper running backs, or are you going to play stud running backs that honestly probably have low ownership? I'm going to be really, really intrigued to see what ownership looks like this week. You know, I think the Eno Benjamins, the Daryl Henderson, Ramondre Stevenson, and Kenneth Walker are going to have really high ownerships. They're affordable running backs that due to injuries or other reasons, obviously with Cam Akers, are going to get plugged in. And what's intriguing to me then is guys like Saquon Barkley, uh, Alvin Kamara, um, a couple of those, Dalvin Cook as well. Some of these guys that are just, we know they're some of the best running backs in the league, uh, are going to have much lower ownership and people are going to start paying up then at quarterback and wide receiver with the cheaper running back. So if 
if you're in cash games, you obviously go with the chalk. I mean, I think it's safe to go with some of those inexpensive guys and then pay up for, you know, a Travis Kelsey, a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes and things like that. But if you do want to get a little bit different and you want to pay up at running back for a Saquon Barkley, for an Alvin Kamara, I think you can do that. And I'll kind of read off a couple of, you know, lineups here that you could potentially put together. And then the other question is, are you going to take big stacks in these games they're going to be really highly owned you know i talk through the chiefs bills game obviously going to have a ton of eyes people are expecting fireworks there the cardinals seahawks game as well is another big one that you could look at um or are you going to go with kind of skinny stacks on some of these less popular games and then see if you can plug in players around them so i'll give you a couple of different lineups that kind of compare and contrast those sorts of things so what I'm going to do here is I will read off a couple of sample lineups. So I'll start with one of these less popular games and the builds just to give you an idea of kind of what you could do. So I looked at the Cincinnati versus New Orleans game. Uh, really intrigued because I think the Cincinnati offense is going to be much more consolidated with question marks around T. Higgins and Hayden Hurst health. Um, and then on the other side, that offense obviously really consolidated with all of the wide receivers out. I think Kamara is going to have to have a lot of touches and perform well. So at quarterback, I went with Joe Burrow. My two running backs, again, paying up for some of these studs at running back when they may not have high ownership. I've got Saquon Barkley against the Ravens. I've got Alvin Kamara, again, with a run back with Joe Burrow. To stack with Joe Burrow, I do have Jamar Chase in the lineup. One of my other wide receivers is Devin Duvernay. So there's some correlation there with Saquon Barkley in that Giants-Ravens game. Again, with Rashad Bateman out, we've seen Duvernay's target share increase, and he really just needs one or two big plays to go his way. We've already seen it once or twice this year. Uh, lower down, I did plug in Rondell Moore, so he is in one of those higher-owned games with the Seahawks and the Cardinals, but one of the lower-down options in that. So, you know, he's not the Hollywood Brown, the DK Metcalf, the Tyler Lockett. Save some money there. I did go with George Kittle, again, kind of aiming for upside, uh, going up against the Falcons defense um, in that game. So plugged him in at tight end. Did pay down in my flex position. Again, this is what happens when you pay up for a Jamar Chase, an Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley. I've got Khalil Shakir in there right now. If Isaiah McKenzie is ruled out, again, expecting him to get five, six, seven targets from Josh Allen. We saw him with a touchdown last week, uh, again, in a game that is really highly owned. So I still want pieces from those high scoring games, but the less affordable guy, I mean, the more affordable guys and probably less owned players there. And then rounded out with the Browns defense going up against New England. Again, Bailey Zappi at quarterback there. Damian Harris is out. Jacoby Myers is also questionable. So if a couple of those things break my way and the Browns have a big game on defense, I think that's a lineup that could score big. So again, that's one of those less popular games stacking my quarterback in a Cincinnati versus Saints, uh, Bengals versus Saints game when there are other options like Cardinals, Seahawks, or... Um, Chiefs bills that are going to be much more popular. So if you want to pivot and look at, say, a much more popular way to play some of these lineups, um, you could look at playing Kyler Murray or Geno Smith. I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are going to be really highly owned. Um, so I'll give you a couple of lineups from those games here. So I, I really went 
heavy, uh, high end and paid down for those affordable running backs. So Geno Smith at quarterback, the most efficient quarterback in the NFL so far this year, also averaging 21.2 fantasy points per game did plug in Daryl Henderson again with Cam Akers being out on that offense. He should be getting, he's been getting the passing down work and now should be getting the rushing work as well. Eno Benjamin plugged in at why I mean at running back two. So again, a guy that is very affordable. And what that does is it allows me to pay up for Marquise Brown at wide receiver. So running it back against Geno Smith, also having Eno Benjamin again, if I'm just expecting a lot of points in that game and it can consolidate around those two guys, uh, that's really going to pay off. DK Metcalf stacked with Geno Smith. I also have Will Disley at my tight end spot, who I talked about earlier. Again, if things aren't going to go to Lockett, the one other guy in this offense that we've seen have the majority of the target share, even though he has split it with Fant and Parkinson, is Will Disley. I did pay up as well for Gabe Davis in that Bills-Chiefs game. Again, getting pieces of that. I did take a little bit of a risk at my flex spot with Joe Mixon, so going up against the Saints. Um, but a guy that people are kind of down on, I think ownership is not going to be very high, but he's one of these running backs that is a stud that you have to start. And if he has a big game and is only at 1%, 2%, 3% owned, it's going to give me a huge advantage. And you saw from my other stack, I do expect there to be points scored in that game with the Burrow stack. So I went with Joe Mixon in my flex. And then at defense, I've got the Patriots. So again, looking at that Patriots-Browns game, um, hoping that'll be low scoring, hoping there's going to be a lot of running done, clock runs, um, and not as many possessions as, say, some of these other games. Uh, and so that's where my defense went. I wouldn't blame anybody if they wanted to pay up more at tight end instead of going Will Disley. I just wanted that stack with Geno Smith, and then maybe you could pivot away from Joe Mixon on the other side. Uh, I'll give one more sample lineup, and I'll touch that uh, Chiefs and Bills game. So I think if I'm going to go Chiefs, I would stack Patrick Mahomes with Travis Kelsey and work players around that. Um, and then the other way is, you know, take Josh Allen. I'm actually intrigued to play Josh Allen and Devin Singletary together. Devin Singletary in close games, getting a good number of targets. We've seen him with four or five targets out of the backfield in some of these close games. You know, and then Josh Allen, you can either plug in with Gabe Davis or uh, Stephon Diggs in this lineup. I actually went Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox if he does play. Again, just getting a little bit different with this lineup if I'm not going to play the stud players. I'm running it back with Jarek McKinnon and also uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So again, paying down for the less expensive guys. And then what I can do after that is my other wide receivers are Marquise Brown in that Seahawks-Cardinals game. I'm going to go Tyler Boyd, especially if Hurst and Higgins are out. I can always pivot if both of them are ruled into play. And then DK Metcalf, some correlation with Marquise Brown there um, as two wide receivers going up against each other in a game that we expect to be high scoring. And then I did have money left over here where I went with the Rams defense who are playing Carolina, PJ Walker at quarterback, a lot of question marks around the franchise, interim head coach coming in. So um, just a look at things you can do. Um, I also have a sample lineup with Patrick Mahomes stacked with Travis Kelsey. I'm able to fit in Stephon Diggs playing Eno Benjamin, Rondell Moore, George Pickens um, in that lineup as well. So I think the big decision for people to make this week is, are you going with the cheap running backs and then paying up at other positions this week? Running backs are going to be chalky, but if you can hit on the other guys, um, then it's going to pay off. Or are you going to go for some of the more expensive running backs who may not have as much ownership as they normally would because we do have some of these other cheap options like Kenneth Walker, Eno Benjamin, Daryl Henderson, um, 
And so that's going to be the trade-off for people to make. So think it through. Hopefully those sample lineups give you an idea of what you can do at cost and you can kind of decide if I'm in cash games, I can play it safe, go a little bit more chalk, or if I want to get really different like I did with a Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox stack and running it back with Jerick McKinnon and Marquez Valdez-Scantling in that Bills Chiefs game getting different lineups that are not going to be as owned. And yes, I could end up in the 99th percentile on this one or the one percentile um, as far as scoring goes. So that's some of the risk that you take in some of these bigger tournaments. But other than that, looking forward to another exciting weekend of football. Hopefully these games pay off. This approach pays off and we can also win some money this weekend. Thank you everybody for following QC QC Fantasy at QC underscore fantasy on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know if you have any questions and we look forward to recapping everything with you next week.